And hello again, it's myself Darren and my co-host Craig. Hi there. And we're here again to talk about Bushido on BushidoCast. And we're continuing our series of starter sets and beyond to to introduce um, sort of newer players to certain concepts and to hopefully get some good discussions going around factions. And it's part of a series that we've already done uh, two factions in our last episode, so you can check out our back catalogue and have a good look through them to find out some more information. And we hope you enjoy that. And um, we do appreciate any feedback that you might have on the format as well going forward. We're hoping to cover all the factions, but any feedback is uh, really appreciated. So talking about that, today we're going to look at Rokan and we're also going to look at Uray. Uh, but before we get into the meat, Craig, I hear you had a game. That was pretty interesting. Yeah, indeed. So uh, Tabletop Simulator, uh, again, um, it's been really useful. Mentioned it plenty of times on the show before. And uh, we're, we're big supporters and fans of, of that format. It's allowed us to continue our gaming uh, during the current situation. And actually, it's allowed us to uh, work around other commitments we have in, yeah, we all have in our lives, and uh, and the distance that we we find ourselves in as um, as as you get a bit more dispersed, uh, naturally over the course of um, of things. So, yeah, it's been um, it's been good. I tried out uh, the Wrath of the Red Sun theme, which is a cycle theme for Oni and Oni show. I mentioned it briefly on my last uh, on our last show, really, just to say I was going to try. Um, try to list out you know the around on the yomi and the smaller on show uh it was against gav relatively smaller <laughs> yeah they are yeah it's against gav's temple rokan and uh yeah so gav's friend of the show uh long time listener and uh yeah he's quite uh quite decent um temple player he's been trying out lots of different lists of late quite experienced gamer in general and uh, yeah, he, he put together a nice little list and um, it was a good testing ground, I think, for for for, for the Wrath of the Red Sun. It really highlighted what they're good at. I, I kind of used it as a bit of a way to experiment and stress test and just see how, how uh, savage and aggressive these guys could be. Effectively, the theme just allows them to accumulate uh, strength increases as they do damage and as they kill things and um and it kind of builds up each turn and then gets reset and yeah it was brutal um uh, i th- i think uh, the monks did work very well though they they stuck to the mission while the while the uh, on the on the show just kind of rampaged around trying to consume as many <laughs> souls as possible and the uh, behavior. <laughs> yeah so so the um the victory did go to the monks because they got Effectively, they got tabled, and uh, and before the Oni show, and Oni had time to to rectify the uh, the situation from a a, a, a mission standpoint. Um, but yeah, I think that's it, it was a very it's a very brutal theme actually. And um, once you once you start getting um, some hits in and uh, some casualties in, then you'll start to get a uh, phenomenal strength increase that will make any hit, no matter how small, very painful for your opposition. That on aggressive guys suddenly means that uh, it's, it's it's so good, it almost starts to become a liability because you, you almost can't control um, your guys at some point. The, the damage output that you yeah. do. I mean, I think that's really um, important with Bushido, the fact that the damage 
shot is very much a bell curve, very, very high damage on those 12 plus rolls, you know, yeah. if you like, you know, 12 plus plus modifiers, um, damage rolls will, will see some, even a zero does what three damage, right? On a, on can, a zero can do up to three, yep. And yeah. with these guys with a natural strength and rough the red sun, they can definitely, they can definitely get to those high numbers, uh, reliably. Also, combo attack was was really good with these guys because um, one of the things that maybe you, you don't often really pick up on it, but if you do get a success level um, of, of zero or one after resolving the damage roll, you get to make an additional damage roll against success level of zero. And normally that doesn't really matter because it's such a low success level and, and it, it might not, you know, unless you get a really lucky roll, you, you don't normally kind of, you know, see it as a massive benefit but actually with these guys it can easily um be the the finishing blow so yeah it, i mean i i did find uh on the yomi who's the sort of uh leader of the of the bunch the the, the actual oni who i was using uh found her really good she can kind of <laughs> strangely help to control the pack through making them have fear tokens which um gives them the frightened state and it effectively allows them to become defensive so it can oh, right. keep yeah. them in check um and then she can inspire them back if she, if they need the dice so there's oh, interesting interesting there's all sorts of interesting but but her ability to charge across the battlefield um is is kind of why i i brought her in there because she can try to steal um steal some glory um when a when on a model wounds another model and um yeah the, the the list worked very well um i would say that the the monk's um, star player was Riku. He really saved the day by single-handedly holding up a flank, just putting a lot of dice in defense. And uh, with with parry, it was pretty hard. To, well, just couldn't, couldn't really get through that for a while. Yeah. It brought yeah. the rest of the guys some time. Hataru did a really uh, had a good game as well. She one-shotted Kano. Um, unfortunately, Kano fluffed his defense role and, uh, and she took him out quite easily. Um, and uh, Kira was really great at flying around and, and securing objectives. So, um, so you know, it was well played. Um, on my side, I would say my most valuable player was Eldest Brother. He just held a flank by himself. Um, really uh, good use of reach to, to combat some of the monks, get his hits in first. Um, Boba took out uh, Kenko, Hotaru, and a gorilla with his iron skulls, so he was mm. he was brutal in this game. Yeah, he um, definitely seems like a model you want to lock down and combat as quick as possible. <laughs> yeah, which which is hard when there's four other Oni and Onisho running around. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you, you definitely want to take him out if you can. Um, I suspect Gab will one shot him next time with Hataru rather than um, rather than uh, Kano next time. But you know we'll see. Um, yeah, uh, Oniomi. Uh, and Kano spent most of the game just dancing around Riku, basically. And uh, and as I mentioned, Kano did not have a good game. Um, but it was really fun to play with the the young Oni. And the, uh, the list actually kind of showed some real potential. And um, it's quite a different list to what I've been using, which is mostly uh, Bakemono of late, where you almost have to take your foot off the, off the gas in terms of sheer damage output and uh and, and keep an eye on the missions so um 
yeah, really, really, really good, really good fun, uh, really good game. And uh, I think I've probably sort of stress test how far you can take these guys because, yeah, yeah, I, I think I, I top, top of turn four, I, I managed to sort of end the game, <laughs> effectively. Um, but it, it, it was good, and I think um, uh, the list has got promise. So I'll probably, probably try it out again and, and just kind of be a little bit more measured in my approach. Yeah, you just need some way to do the objective as well. <laughs> just, just got to, yeah, exactly. Just got to kind of uh, not get too carried away. <laughs> <In> the game. <laughs> um, no, sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah, yeah, good. Um, so, but we are so that that's a nice little segue, I think, because we've gone from Savage Wave, who we covered last time against uh, against Temple, uh, who we're going to cover this time. So, do you want to take it away? Indeed. Uh, so yeah, Temple Temple are a faction I've I've brought into and um, mostly focused on the monks, but I have experience playing against the uh, peasants as well. Uh, I also particularly like the uh, sort of uh, the animal side of it. You know, the um, anthropomorphic animals, if you like. They're quite quite funky. So you've got Kitsune and um, you got um, you you've got like an orangutan and a panda and stuff like that. So they've got some quite funky. Uh, stuff going on as well as the monks and peasants you know um they've also got some statues um so they've got really quite an interesting range in my opinion when when you say statues i think they're they're sort of animated uh temple guardians aren't they yeah 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 true phenomenally difficult to take out (laughs) almost as annoying as skeletons but not quite (laughs) yeah the animated warriors are are kind of in a similar league to them um but yeah it's uh they're, they're just they're durable models effectively so they they don't take um much damage when they get hit and they yeah and they do. a piece and uh they can just hang around for a long time yeah and they do have very good armor free as well on top they have a very very unique models but very very good i like them a lot um so just looking uh once again at the starter set to as a sort of the initial point um I, I would say it's a pretty good star set as as most are I, I would particularly say it's worth buying because it comes with two of the cheaper monks um they're called i was about to say is it, it it is a monks uh based starlet set you don't yeah, you don't get any villagers in this star no set. Not, not the new one you used to get um, a pretty funky mix of monks master accuser and peasants but this one is all about the monks and uh, so for me that was really a selling point i really like the monks and i kind of i like the other stuff on top as um and not so much the peasants for me but um you know their place are very good still well i I think yeah we covered the um the villagers off in a in a previous episode um based on based Mm. on the game because gav's quite keen on playing those guys so yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I think for me, I, I can always play uh, peasants of Jung, so <laughs> well the conclave of pirates, uh, captain, sorry, theme, which is uh, effectively <laughs> a very similar kind of army. Um, but anyway, so you've got two of the cheaper monks, the Unsai monks, which is really really fantastic to have if you, particularly if you want to go down the monk only route. If you want to have a, a break break out of theme and have kind of like. A bit of everything from Rokan, not so important. You can have there's plenty of sheep models that you can add to your force. But for monks, these are 
really, really important models to have uh, just because they're at 10 and 11 rice each. A, a lot of monks, is, they're really good, but they are a little bit on the pricey side. You know, I think uh, that most monks are above uh, 14 rice, um, you know, I would say. So these these cheaper monks are kind of 11 rice, aren't they, to... They just they kind of help balance out your forces and sort of still competent but cheaper fighters. Yeah, I mean, there's you know, um, if I'm honest, like for their points, I think they're very good. They still got three melee dice. They can, uh, as common with monks, they can boost for two, uh, which is a phenomenal ability. I mean, it, uh, we talked about in the monks sort of faction focus. Well, they broke down faction focus, but the ability of monks to boost a stat for two key is phenomenal. And they have plenty of ways of gaining more key. So they're very, very uh, good with the uh, key efficiency. They can't move it around as much as something like Tengu or Ito, but they can certainly generate and use it really effectively. Yeah, that, I mean, that's, that certainly stands out. Um, and I guess for, for people listening, when we say move it around, I guess you mean um, like... Uh, Channel. Move channeling in each year so moving key from from one model to another model yeah. uh where, where you want it um yeah so yeah just looking at like so the they, they can do that by the way they can do a little bit but it's not as easy yeah you know. they uh, yeah I've, I've seen them play a few event cards that kind of helps them get around some of this as well um yeah so the um yeah the the, the sort of the, the the younger monks are like 10 and 11 rice so that's quite a nice price point yep and um yeah. another quite common factor of monks is most of them have sidestep defense zero so they are, are very good at getting out of combats they don't want to be in they're very they're generally quite defensive models you will often um just avoid combats rather than finishing off the enemies not always there's a couple of more aggressive monks but in general most of your monks are there to push the enemy or push away or get away from the enemy um, they're very good at that and that means I, I particularly like them in area control missions um, but they're just generally very good fighters the other sort of global uh, ability is kata uh, most monks have kata the unsigned monks don't have kata but if they're within uh, two of a friendly un non-unsigned monk then they also gain kata. And that is where your kata is where your ones still count. Um, so it, it what in games term, what really it means is my I find if if your monk wants to do one thing, they're really hard to stop at doing that one thing. So if they go all out defense or all out attack, it's really hard for the opponent to stop it because they generally can have a good pool of dice because they either naturally have um, three or four dice and they can boost really easily and none of the dice are going to fail um, so you're going to get the support in dice and realistically then it just becomes well what's your highest what's your highest dice and then the others are supporting you um, which these are some interesting uh, interesting things it, it does mean though that I tend to find that I either go quite I go quite swingy with them myself like I either go mostly defense or like all out defense or all out attack uh maybe don't go as um you know a bit a bit of both as i would on other models possibly um to get the most out of kata but it varies a lot as everything does in this game right 
Um, it's, it's just one of those things. Like I, I think it's it's a contrast to martial prowess, where you can, you know, you throw that cheeky one dice in attack or defense, and you know you can re-roll it, so you've got a bit of a, a safety net. Kata's more of like if you focus on doing one thing, you'll probably do it really well, and if you start splitting off to do two things, you probably won't get the benefit as well. Yeah, d- definitely. I've experienced that plenty of times. I think that combined with um, the the healthy amounts of key they tend to generate and the very efficient boosting cost. Um, generally, they're boosting for two, pretty much any stat they need, and that just means that they can generate a lot of extra, a lot of extra dice. And as you say, they none of their dice are going to uh, suffer from you know being once. Generally, uh, most of them have the kata rule. Um, which just makes them very reliable, yeah. really. I mean, they don't—they don't have um, prowess melee to re-roll dice uh, like we, you know, we often see with samurai. But um, like I say, they're just very reliable. Uh, I particularly like um, Riku because he's got parry, so he can kind of take that to to another level, really. Oh yeah, yeah, it's really important. Um, so I mean, the other models in the starter set actually really important one in my mind is saruka because she's a fire monk and it's not a few monks they have they have elements associated with them which has a minor impact in in certain aspects of the game so you don't you don't have to focus on it all that much most of the time but it's, it's it can come into effect with themes um but she has a fireball like a sort of you know dragon ball z kamehameha wave kind of like attack i imagine and it's really powerful, actually, and um, it's a nice addition to the monk army, which doesn't even even if you even if you go out of the monks and you just play generic Rokan, you have very limited access to missile attacks in this faction, and Saruka is probably one of the best ones. So uh, she, she hasn't got a long range; it's in fact really short, but it does do a lot of damage. So really nasty, um, short range attack, and she's still a very competent fighter. But uh, I've definitely seen a few people um, fall foul on the wrong side of her ranged attack. Yeah, she can get up close. She can do a devastating attack, you know, because because it's lightweight. She can get within two. All of a sudden, you know, success. She's looking at um, rolling three dice, looking for fours or better, and. Um, with a plus two damage, yeah, it, it can cause some serious serious issues, you know, which is unusual for a monk. Monks don't normally do damage, you know, so she's one of the ones that will push that damage. Yeah, I think mean, she's definitely more and more aggressive monks who can be uh, expected to, to actually do some damage. And, I mean, her combo attack as well is, is pretty decent because she can generate so many additional dice to, to get that into play. So I do find her quite handy if the other monks are generally you know there to help position your uh your you know where you're on on the table and uh and defend she's quite good to to actually do some damage yeah definitely and so the other models in in the box set star box set are kira who you talked about earlier she's she's the wind monk and she's 14 rice and she's not particularly outstanding at any um in combat or anything like that but she's very good uh i think she's a very good objective grabber she has the ability that when when she does a run 
um, she gains Cloudwalk. So she's just very good at running around, getting to objectives, and um, she also has dash ability. So she's just got a lot of mobility. Reminds me kind of like a pseudo Tengu, which is, I think, interesting from my perspective because you, you look at the abilities of Tengu outside the Tengu faction, how much people pay for it, and it does make you appreciate that the fact Tengu get this for free, <laughs> in, in, in inverted commas, you know. They're they're pay they're paying for it, but I think um, yeah, it, it's it's and this is why comparing across factions is always a bit flawed because it's yeah it's still got different value within the uh, within that context. Yeah, this is in Kira's like a, a super mobile uh, monk, and uh, her ability to to you know run six and grab objectives makes her really valuable, and also do a dash as well, um, which means that she can. She can make an extra two-inch move at the end of activation. Really handy to get her into good positions. I mean, she can go grab objectives and get out there and um, things like that. So, you know, really really useful model. I, I would say she has got tough competition from Yuki, who's only two rice more. But Yuki's more of a more of a fighter, not so much into the uh, grabbing of objectives. So I think they do have different roles. So, and so, if I'm honest, when, you, when you're looking at... Um, rice costs even difference of two rice it can matter quite a lot when if you're looking to get that extra model into a warband oh absolutely absolutely um, like i said in, in the game recently just had she was great to to run to the the, um, the backfield objectives and and uh, get the uh, get the prayers in um really uh quite difficult if you set your scenery up and train up accordingly and i think that's what gab did quite well he um because uh, there's a lot of scenery on Tabletop Simulator, but a fair bit of it is um, impassable, and it kind of really helps. And if you've got Cloud Walk, you can you can set up some good maneuvers, let's say. So yeah, thinking a bit ahead about how you want to move some Cloud Walk can definitely pay off. Yeah, definitely. And um, the other monk in the start set is Yim, who is a monk of uh, metal, I think, and not iron. I think it's metal, and. Um, He's an interesting one in the in the sense of he might be the only one that I have a little bit of an issue with because I don't think he's intrinsically bad. I just think there's a lot of stronger options, but they do all cost more rice. So I can I can kind of see his place is is the fact that he's relatively cheap. I I just personally wish he was a little bit cheaper or had another ability or two on him <laughs> you know i don't like i said he's not going to lose you a game but he's maybe not as exciting as some of the other other monks yeah so and i think this is an interesting um debate uh, you know decision point because uh, he's 17 rice you could get kenko for 20 yeah kenko is universally he's pretty much universally better other than um immune prone that's about it the only thing that yim's i think actually better at but yeah it, it's it, you get almost yeah. everything else is um immune prone's pretty good actually um yeah but uh, yeah i get the point it's, it's it's like will they perform yeah how, how differently will they really perform on the table and um free rice is nothing to be sniffed at though that yeah. gets you some very nice um special cards yeah. which can be yeah. very powerful so yeah, it's an interesting one whether, whether we you know which which one's better. Um, I I think I think it's 
probably better in the starting set to have that flexibility so that you can include some special cars. I, I, I think the biggest decision for me is whether you want to have a monk force of six models or seven, because I think that's that's a real territory you're looking at. And if you're happy with um, monks of uh, six, you'll you'll probably go Kenko. And if you want seven, Yim is a better option. You know, those extra rice will will matter. Um, so, but yeah, um, it's, it's a tough, com- it's one of those tough comparisons. There's not many of those in the game, if I'm honest. It's very rare to have them. Um, but I, I do feel like Yim might be a little bit on the uh, harder sell side of things. But he still has his place, I think. He still has the, the, the fact that he's 17 rices still makes him interesting. Like I said, I, I think he might, might could have done with maybe 16 or 15 and or rice and or maybe an extra ability, um, but you know, uh, he, I don't. He's definitely not going to lose you a game. <laughs> you know, he's certainly not. He's certainly not terrible. Um, so, you know, it's pretty, pretty. Overall, though, I'd say even even though I've I've kind of been a bit harsh on Yim, I still think the starter set's really good, and um, it does also come with a a theme which is phenomenal. I think it's probably one of the strongest themes. Um, Possibly, definitely in Rokan, possibly in a game. Uh, I think initiation is one of those themes which uh, is a bit crazy. <laughs> you know, um, a lot of themes will give you an extra one key if you have certain models in your faction, right? Um, but initiation gives you one key in the st- every starting phase, so long as you meet the criteria of having a monk from five of the elements other than void. So, uh, so it's very obviously you're going to get that uh, on the first turn instantly you're doing as well as most other themes and you should get it on turn two and hopefully you'll get it on turn three and if that's the case you know even a six model army you bag yourself 18 bonus key on an army that can utilize key incredibly efficiently so i, th- I think in our games we've we've certainly seen initiation being really strong even if it is really restrictive, because you can only have monks and you can't have void. Uh, monks, sorry, monks with a void element, which Master Enos, basically means you can't have masters. Yeah, you can't have Master Poe, and so um, so you can't have Master Enos either. It, it's a it's a really strong theme for sure, and um, quite hard to counter it because, as you say, by the by the time they've got a few rounds of key generation in, that's more than most other themes would um would would offer anyway so even if you do get to take it off relatively early on um they 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 they're, they're probably thinking well we we've, we've had some produced uses and mileage out of this um yeah it, it does seem pretty good and like although you're restricted you're kind of restricted to a pool of things which are quite good yeah yeah they're all things that you'd like and they're very competent fighters it's not a hard theme to fill out and lots of op- options still um I mean, you are you're basically taking away the sort of higher end of the monk scales. So the theme's really good, gives you lots of key, and the the starter box set I think gives you some really critical models. I think the biggest decision, if you want to have uh, six or seven models, really, and uh, if you look at on the VCT website, you can have that their, their uh, recommended initiation theme bundle has the starter set with Riku and Hortorak. Oh, yeah. 
or Atari, the uh, the far monk, and uh, Atari. Okay, and um, so that that's pretty that's pretty solid. I like it. Um, I think I think Riku is probably one of the one of the sort of really well priced monks in the list. And uh, we talked about him briefly, but ultimately what it comes down to is he has four dice and he has parries, incredibly hard to get a hit on. And he also has two of the amazing key feats, Tsunami that can push people up to eight inches back, the enemy that is, uh, fantastic for crowd control, and also has a wall of water which can give nearby models cover, which is really important for this faction in general if you're going heavy on the monks because they are very competent in fighting, but they don't wear armor. They don't have, um, they have an average number of health points, Generally, there's a couple of monks that have an extra one and have tough, you know, the monks with the iron and stuff like that. But um, ultimately, they are a, a bit of a, maybe not fragile, but they're easy to take out at range compared to what they are in combat. So it's good to have some answer to shooting. And I, I, that's another reason why I like Haru, who's one of the uh, unsigned monks from the starter sets, because... He actually does have an ability, Earth and Rampart, which can also give cover. It's a little bit harder to use in Riku's, but it's a great addition, basically. To, if you've got both, you can hopefully give cover to your monks for most of the, of the initial turns, uh, which allows them to get into position. Um, so I really like both of those guys. They look really cool as well. So, you know, the models are really animated uh, with their element really, really clearly visible. Um, yep. I can definitely uh, vouch for those guys being effective yeah. models. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, what I would say as um, I, I, I would say like the official GCT studio um, initiation recommendations, really good. Uh, for me, I put together a quick list, which I'll, I'll go through. And it, it basically was building on the initiation theme and uh, sort of some suggested buys which I think are, are really worthwhile. Uh, so for me, we, we've already talked about Amber Riku is in mine as well. I think for 17 Rice, you're going to be hard-pressed to to think he's he's not an amazing purchase. Um, you know, we, we've already talked about him, but yeah, he really does does the business, you know. Um, so I've, I've also got Haru uh, Kenko, Another a new addition to the list. So Kenko in my list did actually amount, and I think that's fair enough. If you're going for this list is six models, and I think that's fair enough. And I went for Saruka, Umi, and Yuki. So it's only six models. So it's you know you you have got that disadvantage at times. Six models is kind of on the lower side in my opinion. Um, but they're really, really competent. Uh, three of those models have four combat dice. So really, really hard to to actually push damage through to. I also went for some uh, some cards just to round them off. I'll, I'll quickly go through them. But Riku, I went for Name of the Wind and Student and Master Koju. And the reason why is Master, uh, Student and Master Koju gives you the... Uh, wind element, which then allows you to have Name of the Wind. Uh, Riku's abilities, the Tsunami and Wall of Water, are both really, really powerful key feats, but they both can't be done if you're in base-to-base with the enemy. 
And although Riku is very good at getting the enemy off him with push attacks or moving away with push defense, ideally at the start of the turn, it's fantastic if you can just place him one. And it's quite an expensive combo, but it just means that you can place him. And then if you get to go first, which you'll know by the time you're placing, you can then use your wall of water as an active key feat. You can also use the tsunami and getting the angles on tsunami uh, is really, really important. Like, cause it basically pushes people eight inches away from him, but they stop if they hit friendly models or terrain. And so you kind of want to line things up as you need them to be. So for me, that's a, a really good combo. And then Saruka, a student of Master Poe, uh, which um, gives you strong, which is nice because she's got plus one damage. Uh, well, it gives you a uh, key feed that gives, allows you to have strong. And then Yuki, a student of Master uh, Morati, Morati uh, which basically just gives you fire and uh, element immune to fire, which isn't actually that important other than the fa fact uh, for the theme, which will come on in a minute. But she also has Wind Kick. And for me, this is what makes Yuki an, um, a from a decent fighter to an amazing fighter, because with Wind Kick, she can, um, when she does a charge, she gets a charge bonus of being able to do a slam attack, zero, and she gains Cloud Warp. And I've used this and in, other, in games, and she's just been able to charge into people, and she puts four dice in attack, knowing that with her kata, she's really, really hard to defend against. You pretty much either have to have parry or something unique like that to be stopping her from just winning by at least zero or, or more. And then she'll slam you D3 inches away, makes you prone. And effectively, she's taken that model out for the turn because as, as long as you go for models that doesn't, you know, have immunity to prone or, 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 or jump up. And that's great in itself. Um, what's even better, though, is that Yuki can also have vitality to gain activation counters back so it doesn't necessarily take her out for the turn even though it's a charge move so for me like although you're not killing anyone it's a very good way of keeping a pacific powerful moddy model on the ground and out of the game um so i really like that combination myself and the other point about why i've gone for all these uh, students of master x is the fact that the army I described there, it's only got six models, but you actually have to take out at least two models to get rid of the initiation fee to stop that working because the most monks have dual elements. And uh, it also means you have to take out at least one of the monks, which have four combat dice as well. So it's a, it's a, it's a kind of smaller size warband. I, I think yeah. six is like seven's probably average. Six is just, just so it's, it, it's not super small like four but it's, it's still on the you know not, you haven't exactly got numbers but you've got real quality in there so your warband brings a, a lot of um uh you know decent quality troops that can pull off some impressive maneuvers um and yeah. i think you're right things like slam attack and, and and that will will be quite um if used at the right time can be quite decisive on well i mean I've, I've had yuki basically 
against Minamoto, in fact, he basically slammed this one samurai across the table for most of the game, but it wasn't taking all of, all of her activations up either, so she was able to do other things, which was it's pretty impressive when you see it happening. And that's when you really appreciate immune to prone and, and jump up. Yes. Um, it's easy to overlook those sort of skills to start yeah. with. And then, and then you start to see what happens when you're prone and it's horrible being prone. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, uh, it, it, yeah, it's definitely worth, definitely worth checking on the States um, for your own guys. And, and if your enemy's going to do this to you as well, just to, just to make sure you're clear on the, uh, the, the prone rules. Yeah, definitely. yeah it's def- definitely not a good state to have. Well, yeah, cause you're right. If, if, if Yuki could not do that against someone who had immunity to prone or could just jump up because it, it just wouldn't really be worthwhile. And it, the whole thing is basically to take the model out through activations. And I guess that plays into the whole monks don't really do necessarily do that much damage, but they control the battle for replacement of the pushing the enemy away, putting themselves in the right positions and stuff like that. Um, so they're quite a, a non-aggressive army, but, um, you know, like I said, Saruka can kind of push a bit of damage out. And I, I think uh, Kenko can also do a phenomenal job if he's in the right position. Um, cause he can actually, he's one of the few monks that can also potentially hit pretty hard. Uh, cause he's got fist of iron plus one damage. Um, I mean, what I really like about him is cause he's indomitable. Um, and he has split attack. If he can get, if he engaged two people at a time, he can really drain activations off the enemy and he can fight two people really well. So, yeah, I mean, he, he is a very, very competent fighter because of that reason, and he will help out with your numbers. Um, Riku will also help out with your numbers with the Tsunami, particularly in this list because he can do that one-inch placement at the start of turn. He can hopefully line him the uh, Tsunami is up in a, in a good way. Because it is a, it's quite a restrictive key feat. It's a simple action, and he can't move, and he can't be in base to base. So, it's it's quite a, a draining action for him to do. But it's also massively powerful to be able to push the enemy eight inches away. You know, I, I'll, I'll just quickly then talk about some of the. So I'll talk. I'll talk about basically some of the monks that you would buy to to get that star set. Is is you actually are only using three models on the starter set and then you're buying in another three. Um, but I think the three that you're buying in are all really good monks, which are, you know, basically four melee dice, really, really good buys. Um, from from my perspective, the, the, rest, the rest of the monks are all, you know, I don't think you really go wrong with them, but some of the master, like we explained earlier, some of the master monks are a little bit trickier to get your head around. So I think the ones we've covered are probably some of the easiest to get on with. Um, and then the other themes that Rokan can do, um, if, if we expand from the monks, we've actually got the Righteous Warriors, which is the other uh, theme that monks can be in, but it's a little less restrictive. You can have things like the constructs, like the uh, Temple Guardians that we talked about. Uh, you can also have one of the um, animal kind of warriors, like the uh, Rangatang or the, the uh, Panda. And uh, so it's a little, little bit more inclusive, which is great. Uh, but the theme um, isn't, isn't really, uh, I don't think it's quite as strong, but it's still quite useful. Uh, Righteous Warriors gives a bit of resistance and a bit of channel leech uh, to your army, which is, is really nice. And um, a bit of flexibility if you take a Kami. 
all, all really nice things, but not necessarily as uh, as immediately useful as the initiation theme. But um, you know, you'd expect that because it, it does have a lot less restrictions. Um, so you know, still a nice one to go for. The GCT Studios website actually has their uh, Righteous Warrior themes as five monks, which is interesting. Um, that is very elite. <laughs> Great. Okay. Um, so, is is that is that the uh, the the core of your advice? Sir? Anything else you'd like to add in? Well, um, so I I would say um, I suppose we we should talk about the peasants as well, just for to encapsulate Rokan. So they don't come with that set. You, yeah, so the the villagers. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Dirty peasants. Uh, so uh, ba basically, the encapsulate Rokan. Uh, yeah, they're also Bastion the Mountain theme. Um, I suppose peasants don't. They certainly don't have to. You know, the villagers don't have to go on their own. They can be integrated with the monks, and they actually have some interesting uh, abilities with which they sh they can access through using the monks things that um otherwise you won't get you won't get the opportunity to use but um the bastions and mountain theme on the vct website actually includes um it's quite a nice range if you, if you go and check it out it it has basically the village elder and then it has some fishermen and some rice farmers uh, the the uh, water buffalo and then the two kitsune and I think it's a nice themed army I would say they probably put the kitsune in because it was getting a bit expensive I think um, if you really want to go um, if you really want bastions and mountains you probably want a few more models uh, than that one gives you and so it's probably going to be sort of hitting the eight at least eight plus i mean this one's eight but probably more like 10 models um and i think um you probably want um the fisher guy that we talked about in the last episode Ashin ashinaga tenaga uh he is yeah he he's such a strong model for the villager theme that as much as i really really like the kitsune and which are the fox people. I really, really think he benefits the villager theme more. I also think Kato is a really important model that's not in that selection. And he actually is your your main hitter in my opinion. So, you know, again, another model I would say, you know, go and get that theme selection box because you get this get a discount. The Kitsune are really good. But I'd probably also look to get Kato and Ashinaga Tenaga as well. Excellent. Uh, uh, hopefully that's um that I mean it was interesting to listen to all that and uh, I've faced these guys plenty of times and uh, they're they're a tough bunch to crack because of all that key going on and cutter and good stat lines. And, yeah, uh, I mean they're an interesting force and I think we generally felt that they're a little bit higher on the maybe power curve if you if you if you like or maybe just a little bit easier to get on with i think they're more forgiving and yeah that, that's yeah. simply because you the the best way to take them out is always to surprise them i find because yeah. yeah. um, if they can't boost <laughs> if they can't boost and they're some I, I, some of them um 
wouldn't be surprised, but most of them can be surprised because uh, they, you know, six cents and things like that. But uh, yeah, going down a dice and not being able to boost, suddenly they're manageable. It's just a head-on fight with them normally results in them being able to pump their, their melee pool to obscene levels and then just defend if they need to and you know potentially attack at the same time. doesn't normally go so well to you because um, not many people can win that kind of fight, if you like, especially with their kata, yeah. meaning that they they never really have terrible, terrible dice rolls. So, uh, you know, providing they're rolling enough dice. So, um, yeah, they're, they're, they're quite forgiving. But like you said, they, they don't tend to hit super hard and they tend to have most of, well, most of their sort of special uh, attacks and defences are, are more kind of about moving people around rather than just doing more damage. So, Which would can be a bit of a problem as the game progresses because you tend to lose the odd model and you yeah. don't often tend to remove the enemies. Uh, so it, although it, as great as it is putting all your dice in defense and being, you know, relatively safe for most you know early game, it it does doesn't always pay off later game. I did see, I, actually I did see some good use of counter uh, counter strike defense as well. That um, that can often cash people out. Because you you effectively turn a you you turn you know providing the enemy police want to attack you which you know, yeah <laughs> you, you uh yeah your kind of strike defense can can certainly turn a a, a poor attack into um into actually a, a a good hit on the enemy yeah and uh and and you know on something like Riku in particular that was was particularly nasty when that came round. So, yeah, I mean, Riku has got so much going on for him, hasn't he? I mean, I mean, I, I guess a special mention for my own preference as well of certain models that I, I think people should buy because they're very cool. I would actually say Kazuki is a really interesting model to buy into because he's the only model in the game that I know can do this. He he can choose one special attack and one special defense every minute exchange. So he is really hard to find to figure out what he's going to do he's going to do something nasty you just don't quite know what most of the time it means putting your the opponent is going to go prone some way one way or the other they're probably going to end up prone against him <laughs> so yeah so he's he's a sort of orangutan looking uh guy and yeah yeah really cool model really as well. really interesting lots of um zero costs um, special attacks and defense and he can select two and i mean I, I think the the different kind of paths of combat can take in bushido is already quite complicated um in in a, in a you know in, interactive and in, involved way it's one of the yeah. the the, the, the miller mechanics one of the features of the game that really sells it um i i think a few of our friends have sort of said they they came from the models and they stayed for the melee mechanics and uh, just because it's 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 not kind of really easy to see what's going to happen, it's quite dependent on you know what what dice, how people assign their dice, and what special um, special attacks and defenses they put out, and um, and luck, of course, and you know all these things and, and, and traits and things kind of start interacting, and lots of different outcomes are possible, and that guy just takes it to another level. Yeah, he does, and I, I think I think if you enjoy that, he's he is purely he's so worth buying just because of that. Um, I really like the model, really like what he does. Um, really cool, really interesting. 
And I, I think the other one that I particularly like are the Shisha. Uh, I particularly like the Oka Shisha model, which is the larger Temple Guardian. And um, I think it's really interesting. But the, the normal Shisha are the ones I've got experience with. And they actually add a really, like we were talking about earlier, a really durable aspect to Rokan. And um, the model's a little bit dated, but um, I, I still think they're quite cool and they're really good fun. Okay, no, that's, that's great. Um, so, shall I move on to Yuri? Excellent. Um, so, we've, we've done like the intro uh, episodes of. Um, a while back on what all the factions are but just to summarize this is effectively what we would call the horror faction got a lot of um cultists yokai kami uh Shinenja, uh animated warriors and uh effectively skeletons so uh sort of the the, the mo- there's, there's monsters in there and things like vampires basically and uh, shapeshifters um, you'll see a lot of fear, cultists, and rise in terms of skills uh, and traits, I should say. Uh, so that, that, that's fairly common throughout. And the, the start set is um, is focused on the Burakumin, and which are kind of cultists effectively, and the yokai, uh, which are the, the sort of uh, evil monsters, evil spirits, that kind of thing, supernatural creatures. Um, as with all start sets, there's some extra cards and it's a recommended entry point. Uh, so you're you're kind of starting out good uh, with with a good with a good um, entry level box set that has got additional blue text on all the cards and things like that, just to make life easier for you as you're trying to get your head around all the different traits. Um, you will see quite a few traits in this box set. That's why I sort of mentioned that. Because uh, they do have quite a lot of special rules in general. Um, URA just typically have quite a lot going on. Um, you'll see things like fear, disguise, quite a lot of reach in this box set actually, and App Strike gets in there as well. Um, and you're trying to really cast spells and pull off some maneuvers with uh, with with your yokai to to win the game. Uh, you've got three Burakumin. Risu, Ibarra, and Yumeka. Uh, one's a poison caster, one's a fire caster, and one's a sort of scissors, which um, she can give tough mites one and bleed out if she gets in the right position. Which is it's really important. She's kind of the, the special source, if you like, or the glue that gets the whole set working, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. So um, working hard to manage your key with cultists and the activation order is really important with these guys. I think it does take a few goes with them to get it right. Um, I've I've played with that this set a lot, and uh, it's quite rewarding when it comes together. It can be a bit frustrating um, when it's not, uh, but it but it's, it's definitely uh, one to persevere with. Um, I think the the Burakumina there to to primarily um, cast their their sort of spells if you like their key feats. But also, they're pretty good at getting the objectives, and uh, and 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 giving your presence on the table, so uh, positional play. 
because they're they're actually they're they're reasonable fighters if you compare them to uh, an Ashigaru or something like that in the in another faction. And with Reach on on a few of them as well, they can be surprisingly better than you think. Um, I would say with them though, just remember it's a six turn game, so you can go in very early on trying to pull off a very big key feat with them um, because they they effectively put lots of tokens down, lots of uh, poison or farm down or you can take some time over it i think it depends a lot on the kind of key tests that you're matching up to if someone's got particularly good uh key and defensive traits then you uh you may want to assign your uh assign your kind of your own key differently when you're when you're casting your own key feats and get, get, getting that right takes some practice. There's no one right solution. I think you can sort of double down and put as much key as you can into one big spell, if you like, hoping to get as many fire or poison tokens on as possible. Or you can try to nip away at people and spread out the damage and uh, and soften them up for, for later, where perhaps you'll be able to make the most of your reach or, or your yokai can go in for the kill. Um, with cultists, so you can effectively, you can wound your own um, sides, your own uh, troops with cultists to gain extra key to power those spells. And they can actually gain their wounds back during the game, which is really important for these guys and quite unusual for Yure to be able to, uh, to, be able to regain wounds. Um, I would say that Fara is uh, generally better to activate uh, the Fara, the far which is generally better to activate later on in the turn. That's the Vara. Um, that's just because you can make a wait action to remove some Fara tokens, unless, of course, you want to make them use a wait action. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still not sure which one's better sometimes because. Um... Yeah. Depends on what you're trying to achieve. Yeah. The poison is typically harder to remove. Uh, that's what Rizu puts out, and uh, it, it, but it is impacted by tough, where far is not as it ignores, um, uh, far ignores that trait. So there, there, there's some things you need to think about, kind of, you know, which targets I go for and and, and how that's going to play out. Now, the the fact that poison is impacted by tough can be a good thing because, as we mentioned, Yumeka can give minus one tough out where. It's like the reverse of plus one tough. You you take extra damage, so that can be really good if you set up um, if you set up Rizu with Yumeka, she can get a lot more damage in. Um, I th- it's also worth noting um, how bleed poison and fire tokens work, as you effectively remove them down to two markers. So if you have four, you take away two. That, then you've got two remaining. Then after that, um, you would take one off a turn. So it's it, it, it's, uh, it's it's worth just kind of having that really clear in your head how that's work how that works. And you start with the, the highest token first, which not normally a problem with these guys, but sometimes can be relevant. Uh, and the active player selects the order in which they're taken off, which sometimes can matter. Um, it's also worth mentioning that adverse uh, effects happen first in the end phase. So the, the, these are some of the subtle rules which sometimes are quite important with with this box set and um, and, and worth kind of just getting clear in your own mind uh, uh, from from the outset. 
Um, I think the uh, the theme is quite handy. It's not the most powerful theme. Um, it is um, things that go bump in the night. Uh, that allows your Burakumin to gain uh, extra key at the start of the game, um, which is a nice little early uh, early boost to them. Um, th th there is another theme out there called Nightmares of Jigoku, which I find is more of a mid-game boost to your side. This this theme is more of an early game boost to your side. So it depends what you what you want. I think generally the witches appreciate the, the a bit of extra key at the start. It's it's nothing compared to the initiation theme, um, but it's uh, it 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 all, it all helps. Um, um, and then you 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 move on to who I think are really the stars of the show. Though though I do actually rate the the I do actually rate the Burakumin. I think they're for their for their rice, they're competent. It's all well, they're they're reasonable fighters. And uh, I mean, Ibarra's got three melee. Um, Rizu and Ibarra both have reach, so they're they're, they're not sort of you know too terrible compared to say uh, Ashigaru of other factions. Um, they're a little bit more expensive, but they are coming in with additional rules, cultist, and uh, and and the, their spells. So I think if you kind of try to think of them like that um you know then 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 you'll get them um the two yokai that come in the box are really great models very thematic and very effective on the table um the yamma uber is effectively a shapeshifter uh she is very difficult for your opponent to target due to disguise and a high level of fear and with reach she's often not going to be an attractive target to go for. Um, she likes to use Apparition to get behind an enemy model and surprise it. This would uh, this would also effectively triggers a fear test most of the time, so it's a really good combination. One thing, just to take a moment to uh, explain there, is that when you're the active player, you haven't necessarily selected a model uh, to, to activate with. You you do that after you're the active player. So there's a, a window of opportunity and you can use active key feats in that window. So you can effectively use the the uh, Yama's apparition to move behind an enemy model and then activate the same model and then say, okay, my, my Yama is now going to um, do, a, do a melee attack against this model, engage them. So that uh, that means they're surprised and they're taking a fear test. That typically is enough to take out you know, most... Well, it, it's, it'll give you a good chance of taking out quite a few models in the game. And uh, and, and she, she actually is really quite good at uh, uh, racking up some casualties on... Uh, you know, in, in my experience anyway, she, she just definitely gets the job done. Um, Another thing to note is that she places when she moves with that key feat. And that means that you can pick the model up and place it where you're going to go, as it says. Um, the, the, the subtlety there is that if it says place within, you effectively get the base size as extra movement. If it says completely, then you wouldn't. But but most of these place effects don't say that. Um, the, the game does, does have both mechanics in it completely within and within um, and this is a within placement 
So it does mean she can really uh, get a little bit further uh, with with that. Um, as I said, I generally use that key feet in an aggressive way to take out oppositions. Um, other people may well use it to get to an objective or you know certain points on the table that's really important. So there's different ways you can use it. So that's quite flexible. It's quite good. Um, but it does make her very powerful because, uh, as I mentioned, a, a surprise enemy combined with a high fear uh, can definitely reduce more of enemy model to one dice, which is uh, normally the, the sweet spot for taking them out. Um, she's also oh, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. yeah, she's also got morph, which is really interesting. You effectively can take um, a key feat based statistic, statistic key boost or trait uh, off off the enemy, which is amazing. And well, you so you you copy it off them. They they keep it. You you, you get it as well. Um, situationally, that's really amazing. Uh, if you can find, say, a durable model, something like that, it can be really quite good fun. Uh, she's also got six sense as well, so she can see through camouflage. So she she brings a lot um, for for her her rice. She is nineteen rice, so but uh, she actually is very effective on the tabletop. Um, yeah, I think she's one of those models though that um, is very good at going up against elite enemy models because she can at least try to match their ability with more. She can normally pick her targets because of her disguise and high fear yeah. and and reach as well. It's a it's a, it's a pretty uh, good package there. Um, yes, and and then she can hunt down the best sort of you know ability that she wants off the opposition and uh, and, and we've seen how good operation have been you know fantastic you know absolutely um and then the other model that comes in the box set uh is the uh uh pen ang gilan uh that that's kind of a, a interesting twist on a vampiric kind of form um she can she's really good at setting up attacks with hypnotic gaze uh it's quite a long range key key feet at 12 inches and if used well um, you can stun an enemy model and potentially that could be their last act they, they remove an activation counter so they might even be exhausted and stunned in one go if, if they've activated already um, that you know that's normally a very precarious situation for any model to be in and you've got to activate sometime so she can um, she can set someone off to be finished off by um, you know relatively uh, you know any, any opportunist attack at that point would would generally uh, be be good. Um, she really wants to use ass strike and grapple attack in combination to stop opponents' attacks and then slowly drain their life away. That that's yeah. really what she's there to do. And if she can and and so read up on the initiative order. For app strike and, and reach in general, because these guys are going to use it a lot more uh, to, to change initiative to their favour, and read up on uh, held and and what cancels it, because when she gets in with the grapple attack, she'll 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 hold them and uh, knowing what cancels that state is quite important, because uh, really you want to keep that going as long as possible. Um, or typically you do. I, I think he's another model that actually is very good at shutting down enemy combat units yeah so and, and this is kind of how the list works because you're you've kind of got two um two two uh yokai which are very good at taking out the enemy stuff uh either by kids or just just killing it or uh or, or putting it in grapple attacking it down to the ground and then your witches can just uh keep pelting them with 
with their uh, spells and wear them out that way. And the uh, the Penangalum uh, can also get wounds back once once she's um, put them in the hell state. So you've you've got a fair amount of um, uh, ability to regain wounds. So quite quite good to you know to, to wear the opposition down if you can start to get your um, your your moves into play and uh, your your traits into effect. Um, yeah, super super effective both those yokai, but it takes some some time some time to get used to the the rules. I find and just understanding the power of those rules is is obviously key to making the most out of them. Now I expanded with because um, that that's kind of a, as usual seventy rice in these starter box sets. Um, so that that's what you generally get in. Uh, actually, was uh, you know. I think they give different amounts of upgrade cards, but effectively it's 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 a seventy rice, which is great for your first few games, and then you'll graduate to uh, four hundred rice, which is the um, the point at which the game's been designed at. I went for the uh, one you do, uh, which is another yokai. It's a big flaming wheel demon thing. It's the only yeah, way to really, describe it. Really distinctive, yeah, really distinctive model. Yeah. Um, I, actually, I just loved the model, so that was kind of enough for me. Anyway, um, the other the other one I went for was another yokai was the Gaki, which um, yeah, I, I'll go I'll go on to him. But the uh, the one you do is a very unusual model because it lights a banzai around, so it's really great late turn activator, and then to set people on fire. It needs to get in and then generally get out. Um, which is relatively easy with this model because it's got dash. Because um, it's resilient with toughness too, but it's not indestructible. It suffers from only two melee dice. And um, yeah, so, but it, what, what, what I was doing a Banzai, it does get slam attack zero. So, it, it, and they can just, it, it's got some great uh, key feats as well. So, I mentioned dash. Inferno can just put out a lot of far tokens to all models close by. So you've got to wash out a little bit for your own positioning. It's great because it's not; it doesn't involve an opposed key test. So actually, sometimes that's really good. Um, and if, if you need to, like you know, take out a lot of people with far for a particular reason, then that's really handy. Uh, but generally, far is good. Um, so far is uh, is an opposed key test. But if if one it's one of these ones where the more successful you are, the more damage you potentially do, and that can. That can combine really well with the witches uh, as as well, uh, particularly if you get lucky with your with your roll. Um, the uh, the combo there is pretty obvious, I suppose. He's putting out a lot of far tokens. One of your witches is also going to be putting out a lot of far tokens. Uh, if you kill someone with far, the witch will get her wounds back. So you know that that's all good. Um, uh, just wash out with that guy being overextended because of only two melee dice, as I mentioned. Um, he can definitely he can definitely sort of get taken out. Yeah. Um he, de- he definitely looks like he's very good on charge with you know, and after that he's he might be a bit terrible. Yeah, <laughs> and I think that's why I generally say he's a late turn activator. I mean there might be an op- opportunistic moment throughout the turn where he can kind of basically he wants to get in, uh knock knock someone flying and then get and, and then set a load of people on fire and and, and uh if he can and and, and uh or, or get out. And, and and it's just kind of the right getting the timing right is really important now if you do it at the end of your turn you can dash him in there 
um, hopefully not someone flying if you're really lucky and you know all's going well and then you can do inferno put a load of people on far then at the start of your next yep. turn you can move him out of harm's way and you know perhaps wait for another good moment to banzai around so it's it's he's one of those ones where kind of really just having a bit more of a plan really really works if you don't particularly see a good opening though so far is always good just to just to do more damage from a reasonably so safe distance so he's, he's quite versatile in that sense um then on to the gaki i would say the gaki um it's probably in my opinion one of the hardest working uh, models in the game for nine rice he's just like got some really useful rules and um yeah he's just he's a really good brawler he's a scenario runner he uh, can also give you some range defense, um, quite re- reliable in combat. Uh, he, he's got the regen too, and he can, he's got another unique ability that he can potentially get uh, more, more health back to keep him around longer. For, for nine rice, this guy is doing an awful lot, and um, I think he just really helps complete the rest of the list to give you someone who can um, get up and close and, and hold the line. Um, I tend to finish the list off with a Drained Spirit because I think that's a really handy special card and it effectively just allows you to take some key off the opposition and put it on your own guys close by. One Rice, I think it's a steal. Um, I also have been using Crush the Oppressed quite a lot, which allows you to... Uh, it's an event card. It allows you to double the number um of all state markers on all models. So this list is all about getting state markers out. Suddenly you're doubling them up. Um, it's phenomenal. So it really gives them that power boost to make them um, you know, pretty competitive, I find. So, uh, so, it's, yeah, so that's like my sort of recommendations there. Um, the GCT site has got, uh, uh, got, got, it, got its own kind of bundles uh, available as, as well. Uh, so I think for Bumping the Night, they've got uh, Mokotai. Uh, he offers Law and Obey, um, both really good abilities, um, which uh, yeah, obey, obey basically is uh, where you can put a control marker out and Law is uh, something which um, I've, I've used quite a lot with my Silver Moon and uh, that, that allows you to, to, to move people around the table. Uh, for Tem Rice, he's really quite good and his main issue is just kind of um because he's at the lower rise point just kind of managing his own key is uh is is, is sometimes a bit of a challenge because there's so much he would like to do and he can only do so much at the same time um they also throw threw in the uh the the i probably won't get this one right unfortunately the, the haron i go uh which oh, the, the hair for long hair the the, um, yeah. the hair yokai so yeah she's she, yeah so she, it's basically a yokai with uh thrown around its hair as a weapon um <laughs> um but it mobilizes models with its hair and with the full moon upgrade which came in the cycle deck it can actually do damage now and that's amazing uh immobilize is very very good if you haven't played against it yet um you yeah watch out for it um so yeah so i, th- I think they i think they they're, they're decent picks actually and uh i think um like 
the, the yeah the 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 uh the hair yokai in particular i mean that that can easily swap in or swap out for one of the yokai in the start sets as well so i was gonna say he's, he does remind me quite a lot of the penangolin um but a bit more range yeah and um but again sort of there to drain the best enemy fighters of their ability to be good you know yeah and, and um that's when she'll probably shine you know I, like that that's i mean to be honest that circular strike that could potentially knock out and in half a flank yeah. you know what i mean well a whole flank and combine um, that with uh makotai potentially um either <laughs> either luring people away or um putting a control marker out yeah it's it's quite nasty I mean, there's in that set. It's it's a good looking set. I, I would say it, it's got no real dedicated fighters, but it has all the tools you need to to well, deny the. I, I think that's the thing. Like these guys don't look like dedicated fighters, but when you've when you've got all these debuffs on you, suddenly you, you know it doesn't take a lot to to take you out. So that's yeah. typically how Yuri works. They want to get you to that point where you're on one dice, and then um, then their guys can actually quite easily do the rest um true true they're debuff fashion definitely yeah um they, they, they've also got a bundle for nightmares of jigoku uh they they put the wraith taka and the wraith uh and Raph, uh sota and sloth uh the gaki who i've mentioned gengo and uh sekiro and yujio um i think it's quite interesting bundle um scout on the wraith is is pretty good he's really fast enough uh, and, and deadly enough and scary as well. Um, just just don't get him shot. Um, the orphans bring in more kami. Um, Sloth is tough and can immobilize people. Raf is uh, more of a, a beat stick. Um, and the orphans actually bring in some really good key feats. Um, uh, I think they're both actually really powerful key feats. And it's quite I, I generally you're going to be summoning the, um, the the kami, but you you actually could play for the key feet that they bring in um you can you can basically get a berserk out uh, on an enemy which can be a death sentence really um okay yeah or, or, or yeah you can do some, some do some good stuff um and still sloth oh. is uh no no walking with range or melee action it's really quite powerful and you get slow um yeah so that, that looks pretty good actually um uh, I mean, visually, this is a theme that I, I, I this is a selection of models actually I really like the look of. I, I keep checking this one out, thinking if it comes back in stock, I might have to get that. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, potentially works quite well with nightmares as well because the theme can uh, can help you um, get get your uh, get your post key test in and gets a spirit minus two uh, start turn four to to enemy models. Um, the uh, Burukumin uh, that come in uh, that set as well. Um, Gengos is a great line troop with plenty of wounds. Um, Sekiro is a rare range option for Yure. Um, it's a good scenario runner and I'd say opportunistic kind of attacker as well. Um, Yujo is interesting in this one because normally I would use him as a force multiplier for his, um, his, his desecrated shrine to give Believer out to Shinenja. Uh, but in this one, I think actually he's there really for Deserve Flow and Quagmar. Um, so yeah, he's 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 going to be bringing something different to the table, and uh, and I think that's yeah, it's quite good to see that actually. 
they they also have a death and decay bundle which i'm sure a lot of people will be familiar with um the the name now anyway because it's quite uh it is quite infamous um it's it's basically a theme for zombies and it gets you more zombies during the game uh kato is the king of control and uh kairai basically he's uh very good at getting the backup um uh i i i, I actually I, I think it's a very cool list uh it's not to everyone's taste um uh, but uh, i i think it's really cool um they they threw in some of the more exciting troops as well um there's there's basically a, a minamoto zombie and a, and an only zombie and yeah. effectively more resilient upgraded forms of uh, the kairai um, yeah a bit, a bit like the um the villager army they, they tried to add a few other more expensive models to make it more interesting and probably cut put the points the cost down a bit so what i would probably throw in a few of the burkakumin if i was going to get that uh burkakumin even if i was going to get this this sex as um actually when your own guys dies they 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 effectively turn into zombies so or can so um it's it's actually worth um bringing in um, some some other troops this one as well and you're, you've got a good range of uh, Kairai in the set so um, you could also potentially look at Gok if you don't think Kato is quite up your street because maybe you've heard things about control and that's not how you want to go um, so uh, or, or both I, I think you can just about get both in uh, but normally it's one, one or the other um, I guess going on to uh, top picks um, just, just quickly, um, uh, Ikiro is uh, just like a walk in terror. Um, uh, she, she's probably the most scary model in the game, and she shoots bolts of death out of her eyes. So, <laughs> yeah, one of those models. It's a bit of an older, unassuming model, but actually, if you look at the um, a little bit blurry picture, I'd almost say, but if you actually look at the profile card. It's pretty scary. She's like got her eyelids kind of pulled back and her eyes permanently exposed and her mouth stitched up. She's yeah, she's pretty scary actually. <laughs> Considering otherwise she's quite a standard yeah looking sort of Japanese woman. She's yeah, she's um yeah, she's pretty scary looking. And and she is in the game. She's got dread, uh, fear six and terror. So you don't often see that. Um well actually actually uh Ure can give dread out to a lot of people, but that's another thing, but um, Touch of the Void um, is is a great ability, but she often won't need it if you're playing with her um, right, I suppose. But uh, it's it's a great um, one to keep the enemy um, away for a bit at least, because uh, it basically rebounds wounds. So even if they make it to her, she's got some defensive tech. Uh, but really, what she wants to do is just um, use her main signature key feat, which is looking to the void to uh, to zap people. And she's pretty good at that. Yeah, it's, it's scary to think, you know, normally with my monks, for instance, I would be like, well, I've got two dice with my key, I can boost and I, I can re-roll. And against her, it's like, well, you've got one dice, you can't re-roll, and you've got to get six, so you better boost. <laughs> <laughs> well, th this is when anyone with actual immunity to fear, like sometimes they get on the charge bonus or something like that, um, it can yeah. save the day so it's it's definitely worth like knowing who's got that if you if you got yes yeah, i guess at the same uh, time as 19 rice yeah. for a model will one melee die if she actually gets yeah. in combat it's it's a bad <laughs> sad days 
it, it is, but like I said, at least she's got Touch of the Void, so she may be taking True. you down with her, um, or or doing at least some some revenge damage. So, um, t- talking about that ability, my next my next top pick, um, oh, Rukuro, no, you can't, you can't who, <laughs> he's also got Touch of the Void. Um, he he brings another rare range attack. Uh, he's fast. He he gets at the table with Scout. Um, Touch of the Void is is, is amazing defensive tech. And uh, he's he's brutal as well. So, um, I mean, he's got some disadvantages. He's medium. He's only got five wounds, um, <laughs> but he's uh, he's he's pretty good. And actually, um, that is actually even low by Tengu standards because no, normally a medium sized Tengu model's got six, which isn't much. But yeah, yeah. five is uh... that. That's why I like to combine him with the Yuta, which uh, which allows uh, the cumin to gain regeneration so that you can make the most of your uh, cultists without really kind of damaging him, him too much. Um, I mean, you could damage other people as well, but uh, often he'll be well at the table. Um, he's only what, got what, a key stat of one as well. And uh, as we've seen, like that can cause him some issues. Obviously, he's got less key to go around, so he wants to use cultists to, to, you know, to, to be able to boost um, earlier on in the game. And uh, and he you know he struggles with sometimes he doesn't really want to use it on himself unless he's getting that regeneration I I find um, it also means he's a bit vulnerable to fear six because he um, can be a bit cowardly against those but uh, yeah um, still a great a great model um, I I think very good for for the rice um, the the other sort of quick shout outs I would say would be uh, Mo Isis. Um, He's a Burakumin who is um, he's got a lot of tricks going on. He can do um, a bit of a he's it's basically better if you want to really go in for um, more control, direct control yeah. through a bay. And he heed my words really good as well, as um, allows you to to to, to walk models around. Um, yeah, I, I really like him. Uh, he's He's also got a few extra tricks going with disguise um, and scout, so he can kind of get to where you need to him to be. Um, another shout out also for Waku. Uh, he basically just shoots bolts of far out, so it can go quite well with the witches. Um, he, yeah, he can he can really go well with crush the oppressed as well. Um, puts out death sentences if you really want. Um, and he can actually gain extra activation well, counters, always, always which is always amazing. Powerful. Really powerful. There's also a bit of a trick with, because he, he's protected friendly, so putting him with people with control can be quite effective because they become friendly when they're controlled. So that's um, that's one way of making him um, very survivable for the game while he's taking lots of uh, the opposition out. Um, so yeah, so he's 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 pretty good if you want to go for something a bit more uh, straight up, you know. If you want to go for a higher end um, uh, uh, kind of caster, um, we've mentioned the Uta box before. This is just sort of trying to cover a bit more ground. While well, I mean, they, um, they could, we could probably do an episode on them to be honest. Yeah. We, we, I think we kind of we kind of did. So in if you look in the back catalogue, there is a, an episode where I go through my views on on mm. using the Utah. I'm a big fan of these guys, basically, and um, I, I think the Shigenja are really powerful, and the animated warriors are highly effective. If if you like the starter set, 
but you kind of want to go more extreme in in terms of like not just cultists casting spells but really powerful witches casting spells and uh yeah these this is a good set i do think it's worth saying though that the complexity of that set is a step above yeah i mean the star set actually is reasonably complex as a and that's why i try to outline some of the additional rules um these guys take that to another level and um yeah but as 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 i also mentioned uh, they they once you get into it they kind of tend to do certain things um quite repetitively so then they're they're definitely manageable and then they've always got this kind of menu of other things they can do if the right situation comes up which is often quite horrific so uh yeah really good um quick quick couple of cars to shout out as i did last time i would say uh breath of yuri um which can just shut down the range game for a few turns it's really good um and fearsome presence that can give out dread to an inactive to to uh, the non-active model is is also really good there's plenty of other good cars um but um just feel like those two in addition to the others that i've mentioned throughout the uh show today uh are worth a are worth a quick shout out to newer players um so um yeah i so so i think as best as you can because that's a really large model range i think it's the largest model range in fact i think i think in fact we've probably done the two largest model ranges there so i didn't cover every model and obviously some models i covered very very high level there um but uh, hopefully that's enough for people to sort of get a bit of a feel and flavour of um, uh, you know what what these guys are about, what they might do on the table, and um, you know that that hopefully will help with your decision making if you're fresh into the game and thinking about what faction to jump in on, um, or if you're just looking to expand into another faction. Hopefully that's um, just gives you a little bit of, a little bit more information into um the 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 models and and how they how they perform on the table and the themes and the context that they 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 sit within indeed definitely yeah and uh, you know it's hopefully be a good starting point as well with the you know starter sets are designed really well in this game and um there's so many ways you can take them though it's an interesting thing that we'll have to do an episode on list building in general machine because it's it's definitely quite a fluid um it's quite fluid compared to many games you know there's there's very few like auto includes and you know avoid either all cost models in my opinion yes though i i seriously i'd like to maybe it's a challenge for viewers or ourselves at least um or listeners i should say um the the gaki like seriously this guy has always impressed me for nine rice um have a look. See if you can get a more impressive model. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Craig. Uh, I'm like nine, nine rights for three melee dice. My junk. I think that's a bit expensive. Uh, <laughs> uh, he he does look really good, honestly. Like you know, camouflage, fear, regeneration. Uh, I don't I don't, I don't think he's going to be um, <laughs> ruling the battlefield, but he's a very efficient no. model. And and that's why I like cards like that. Um, they're a bit more subtle, but like the, the, so I, I, I and then I, you know, I kind of threw in what looked cool in to expand my uh, uh, my start set, uh, but but also kind of what I thought would complement the the wider start set. Um, but yeah, lots of different ways you can take it. Uh, as we said, like um, you know, the the recommendation on the GCT site actually looks pretty good. Well, as well. I actually think it's generally it's 
I actually think it's slightly hard to make a bad list in Bushido because whereas the list go a little off topic, but whereas some games are very much about building a list and then you know like you know we you could say it's all maybe seventy percent building a list, five percent on the table. Um, Bushido, I would, I would say it's kind of the opposite. You know, whatever list you bring, it's. I, th- I think unless you go very extreme, yeah, yeah, it's really hard to make a bad list. And I'd say they they will have merits, but they will also have big weaknesses. Yeah, um, holes. <laughs> Sharkmen yeah. could be yeah, they could be amazing, or they could they could always die. But yeah, so um, I, I was going to say the the other thing I think is probably more forgiven in uh, Bushido to perhaps some other games, although deployment and deploying well is really important you can kind of correct your mistakes a bit for most factions anyway. They've got enough mobility to to kind of correct things. It's um it's not quite like you know, we we played Infinity before as we've mentioned and if you if you get your deployment wrong it's it's game over before you've even started. So you, you feel like you want to invest um every every second you can um out of whatever's allocated for, for that part of the, the, the game. Make sure you haven't left a model a millimeter or two out. I, I I know what you mean. I do wonder though, to a certain extent, with Bushido, your your deployment is pretty important still in the sense of that's normally what where the matchups will happen. It, like you know, it people... is. But if you think about like, um, particularly if you've got a corner deployment, like you you can you can True. definitely correct it if you've got a model kind yeah. of like slightly an inch or so of a easier for some factions than others, uh, admittedly. Um, if you if you're playing uh, table edges, so it's still relatively you know it's possible you can run models around normally on the first turn. Um, it, uh, yeah, as you say, a bit of a digression there, but um, but perhaps a useful one for um, for, for for people to, to think about. Uh, yeah, perhaps something that we should um, go into at some point. But I mean, we're hoping these faction um, more of a star set and beyond. Uh, then overview will are useful, and um, if they are, then please let us know. And if they're not, then please let us know again. We're, we're yeah, happy to well, I mean, so so far feedback's been pretty positive. Um, I think we're just very mindful of um, we've got a really interesting um, uh, listener base, uh, being some very established players and some very new players, and we're really quite excited and hyped to provide good content that hopefully uh, appeals to a, a, you know a, a wide range um and yeah it's you know it potentially um potentially all these all, all these uh, names are going over some people's heads and they want to come back and listen again once they've got more familiar with the game uh and potentially more experienced players will uh, hopefully get some insight or or, or, or um we just in, in, enjoy listening to us ramble uh i i hope that's the objective um so hopefully everyone gets something out of it uh, and uh, we, we we certainly enjoy making these so um yeah. and we, we really really are keen to support the community it's a, a, yeah. a, a really exciting pivotal moment and uh and we want to kind of you know do do our bit there um our, our, our small part in it yeah, definitely. And I've actually been really interested um, with the community in general. We, we're getting more podcasts coming out from different people. I listened to the Beard podcast. That was really cool. That was good fun, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, really good. 
presenter yeah, you know definitely. really charismatic and interesting and a good really good interview definitely worth checking out jason enos and, yeah he's he's like um the designer of the game basically um so yeah that that is definitely a good one to check out and we and we also follow robot dice explosion which um they've been doing some extra law um uh, in kind of how things play the um uh yes yeah, really nice concise overviews of each faction yeah kind of really... sub 15 minutes so and that, that that's that's quite good they, their back catalog's pretty good as well um so yeah so uh it and it's good because uh, i think um the more content sort of uh makers out there and, and and all the rest of it just it just especially in lockdown i think it just gives people and a way to engage with the hobby uh which may be difficult otherwise and certainly uh, i i think uh people should try pt um s out tabletop simulator give it a go it's a bit daunting to to start with uh but it's quite addictive actually once you get into it um we're starting to get our game times down as well now which is which is good to see so we can kind of comfortably get a game in like a yeah sunday evening or something like that where which uh um is is really uh you know quite nice to have that option and flexibility and um yeah uh it, it seems to be it seems to be quite um well um put together now doesn't it you you can get a game in quite smoothly yeah um but yeah i mean just yeah. and just to reiterate that i think um uh yeah we really do want to make everyone feel welcome to uh, the bushido community if you're uh, fresh into the community and trying to figure out what's what and who's who and uh, or the names of things or if you're more um, up to speed with the rules or whatever point you are in that journey uh hopefully uh this is helpful and you know the existing player base and um you know key figures if you like um are quite active on discord i would say that's probably where you've heard about this podcast and probably where you've come from but if you are coming from another source uh then uh definitely check out discord because um that's where most of the activity is um, at, at the moment in terms of kind of just sharing ideas, talking about list, clarifying rules, um, discussion on law and background and, and so on. Yeah, I, I, I must admit, I'm a bit of a, so far I've been quite a bit of a stalker on the, on the Discord. I've got to get a bit more in, interactive, but um, it's really interesting content. There's so much of it. I find I, I spend all my time just reading through it. It's um, yeah. It's really interesting you know you, you can definitely yeah so um yeah uh, so so uh, amazing times because when we first started um we probably felt there was a bit of a lack of content hence why we wanted to do this podcast and uh and, and, and now it's almost like you could spend all day on discord alone and it's all good stuff as well like really good conversations going on really good idea sharing and um and hopefully that's just like a great way for um for players to mesh and to kind of you know get to know each other a bit better and uh you know get some games organized yeah what well, I, I mean I, I know there's a world cup event coming up on tabletop simulator which is really interesting and uh, you know for the future the health of the game going forward you know i hope there's some events uh don't necessarily have to be um, you know, super competitive because you know some events where people can get together and play some games, and that would be uh, really cool to see that happening for Bushido. Excellent. Well, um, we did say we try to keep these episodes down to a, a reasonable time frame, and um, I guess on that note, we should look to uh, to wrap up. Darren, any any closing remarks from yourself? 
nothing, nothing for me. I, I think just thank you very much for everyone who's listening, and um, we thank you know we'll hopefully hear back from you, um, and uh, yeah, we'll we will soon have a another episode where we will go over another two factions, to, which will be to be confirmed, I believe. So we'll yeah, see. I think I'm leaning towards uh, Ito, but. Uh... I, I think I'll go Jung if I'm going to let the cat out of the bag. But yeah, we'll, 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 we'll confirm. Again, we, we, we try and get these out um, in in short order. Does it, it's, it's down to other variables in life, as, as I'm sure everyone will appreciate. And uh, we're, we're aimed for um, a week or two, and uh, hopefully we'll, we'll get there. Um, it's going to take a little while, obviously, to get through all these factions, and do them justice. Um, put the you know the, the legwork in with um, yeah, making sure we played with these things and uh, and, and do the write ups and so on. Um, so uh, uh, yeah, I think I, I think that's that's the that's that's the aim. Uh, we're looking to meet that. And uh, yeah, just um, you know on the on the positive note, as I mentioned last time, there's so much to look forward to. And uh, once I think once. Uh, like the production capabilities come back in and the schedule starts to settle down, we'd start to see uh, a lot, a lot, a lot of exciting things come coming through the pipeline, a lot of new shiny stuff. So yeah, we're we're keeping an eye out for that, and uh, yeah, look forward to um, uh, next episode and uh, going through two more factions. Cool. Great. All right then. Well, thanks very much for listening, guys. Thanks a lot. Bye.